Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Utah Weekly Forum, a public affairs show dedicated to learning more about the issues affecting our lives and health and exploring the resources available in our diverse communities to help. Here's your host, Rebecca Cressman. Well, I'm so glad that we have the opportunity to talk to the president of the Utah Food Bank, Jeanette Bott. Jeanette, thank you for being here today. Oh, thank you so much for joining. This is always awesome to join you. It's great. Well, you know, here we are in, in uh, you know, the end of February, the beginning of March. We are still in the middle of, of really winter, no matter what the calendar will tell us for the next few weeks. What is that? How does this time of year affect you as someone who's worried about hunger in our state? You know, we always, oh, if you will, enjoy the holidays, for lack of a better term, because we know that donors here throughout the state are just so giving and People are just really focused on on helping during that holiday season. And now we've come a couple of months away from the holidays. Um, Inventory that has gone not only to the food bank, but local pantries is is probably starting to dwindle just a bit. And we have a few months with with school in place for the kids who are, you know, utilizing breakfast and lunch at school. But then all of a sudden, summer is going to be here. Those two meals a day go away for kids as organizations throughout the state fighting hunger. We need to be prepared to help in the summer. And right now is the time for us to give thought to that. Well, and and one way to do that is that you are kicking off the Feed Utah Food Drive. And that is coming up Saturday, March 18th. So let's talk about it because we didn't have the Feed Utah Food Drive last year, did we? We didn't do it last year. We, we really struggled. And the rail of transportation has been you know, just a challenge for folks who who are in the trucking industry, you know, whether it's the lack of drivers, we just could not put together the transportation that we needed last year to do this. So we are excited to come back to do it again. It is a statewide endeavor, and it really does now kind of launch us, if you will, for lack of a better word, into those preparations that we need to be ready for summer. Well, you know, you kind of pulled the curtain back for us, Jeanette, when you talked about trucking um, and, you know, whether it's gas prices or having people enough to, to drive. The Utah Food Bank, it's not just one location that collects. It is actually about distributing uh, food. If we could just imagine the freeways and the highways and the roadways with trucks bringing the food that's been donated to all the different local pantries. Is that a kind of a correct description of what's happening? It is. You know, Utah Food Bank is kind of a wholesaler, if you will, for lack of of a better word. And we distribute product to 230 pantries throughout the state of Utah. So we're in, uh, having an impact in all 29 counties. Hunger in a rural community looks very different than it does here along the Wasatch Front. But transportation costs 
are really kind of are right now a, a, a challenge for us. Um, Utah is not an easy state geographically to get to all the areas we have to go to. And as fuel prices have impacted you or your family or those that you know, they also have impacted us. You know, we're seeing a little bit of relief at the pumps. The prices are coming down, which is great. But, you know, we have trucks on the road six days a week. And to cover the state of Utah really is an expensive, expensive way. We, you know, we're, we're glad to have the food here to donate. But without the ability to get it to a pantry, then our model does not become very efficient. Well, and I think about that as we, you know, step back from the map of Utah and we look at that I-15 corridor and connecting us from the north to the south and and how there are so many rural communities um, far south, not in this Salt Lake City uh, metropolitan area, right, or the valley uh, that has been spreading over the years. And so you said hunger looks very different in rural areas versus cities. Can you take a minute and describe that for us? Well, you know, here in the in the communities that we have around the Wasatch Front, you know, there are opportunities for pantries to have a little different presence. A lot of them are parts of perhaps churches or the schools are, are able to have some pantries with, with the staffing capacities they have. If you look at some of these smaller communities, they don't have the ability for those things. For us to drive to those areas, you know, maybe going once a month is the only time we can go. And then, you know, how do you take enough food for a family to make sure that they're getting from point A to point B, you know, we're not taking a place of all of their groceries by any means. We're an emergency food assistance program, meaning we're helping them get to that next paycheck or to the next trip to the store. But if you're living in San Juan County and you can't travel, you know, there is no Walmart, there isn't an access to a store. So it becomes very difficult for folks who are in some of those isolated areas. And we learned some great lessons during the pandemic. We found that You know, trucking to these areas one truckload at a time was not really an efficient way to plan for the future. So the Utah Food Bank, while during the pandemic and everything was kind of quiet, we took it upon ourselves to really recognize we needed to expand physically and have presence in areas. So we purchased the warehouse next to us at the West here in Salt Lake City. We have expanded our warehouse in St. George so that we have larger space there to help the counties across the the lower portion of the state. We are currently building a 70,000-square-foot Utah Food Bank Distribution Center in Springville. That will help us with Utah County and central Utah. We're building a distribution center and pantry in Blanding. And we're putting two pantries on the Indian Reservation, one in Montezuma Creek and one in Monument Valley. So... For us, we decided we needed to have that physical presence, and I feel like this expansion is really going to have an impact on how food is distributed going into the future. Uh, That is so enlightening. For those who just joined us, this is the president of the Utah Food Bank, Jeanette Bott, who understands what hunger looks like in the state of Utah like no one else. I was reading um, some of the background about this upcoming food drive, Jeanette. Um, One in nine Utah children are have that food insecurity. In other words, they don't know when or where their next meal will come from. One in nine. And as we've talked about inflation and housing prices going up, have have you seen a real increased demand in emergency services for the food pantries? Yeah, we were so hopeful as an organization that when the pandemic started to slow and we kind of started to see what we hoped would be returning to normal, we wanted those numbers to go down. But just about the time the pandemic slowed, inflation started to rise. And the families who had already been hit by issues of job loss or or financial setbacks during the pandemic now had to face 
really difficult challenges. You know, do I do I pay for utilities to heat my house or do I buy groceries? Do I buy that prescription for my child or do I buy groceries? Do I put gas in the car? You, people should never have to make a choice to feed their family. They should be able to have access to food. And so with the numbers staying really at a very high, high level during inflation, we're not seeing a break at all. And we're preparing for I, what I think to be another 18 to 24 months of real need throughout the state of Utah. Mm. And and as we break it down to numbers as well, over a quarter of a million Utahns today are at risk of missing a meal. So it's we don't have that many millions of people living in Utah. So if we have more yeah. than a quarter of a million, 289,000, that means it's so prevalent And it's all around us. But hunger, and you and I talked about this in the past, is silent. Often if somebody's got clothes on, you you can't see when they had their last meal. We can't. And it's particularly just, I think, a challenge with children. I think kids, for for us anyway, teachers really are, are a great monitor for us because they see the behavioral change. They see the health issues. They see that the fact that kids are now stepping up and saying, I haven't eaten for several days, I'm hungry, help me. You know, the kids have that opportunity in a school setting to, to be heard, but we have so many people who are particularly seniors who might be homebound, who really don't have contact with the outside world as often as we wish they could. Who's helping them? How do we get to them? How do we help that single mom in the community? There are just so many different areas and ways that hunger is impacting our Utah families. Well, let's talk about the upcoming food drive, because there's many different ways that we can help that single mom, uh, those children, one out of nine, who are hungry in Utah, those people who might be experiencing not just homelessness, uh, but they might be experiencing temporary um, disruption of jobs. I mean, there's so many things that can bring us to the point of, of being um, insecure with our food, not having a, knowing or not having enough food to feed our needs and those of our family. So we've got the Feed Utah Food Drive Saturday, March 18th. And this is in partnership. You've got partners from Just Serve and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints to Associated Food Stores. So let's talk about Feed Utah Food Drive. How do we all get involved? So what we have been working on over the last year as far as implementation is how do we bring together um, a process that's easy for people to really participate and, and to make their giving something that they can do very, very easily. And so partnering with Associated Food Stores, the Macy's stores throughout the state of Utah, and there are 21 locations, really have become the drop points for the majority of the food that will be gathered. If you are in a community that doesn't have a Macy's, you, you probably have a local pantry. You can take your, your contribution there. For areas that might not have those, There are different uh, drop-off locations being created in neighborhoods that you will be informed of if you are in one of those areas. But Just Serve is providing volunteers for us. The Associated Food uh, folks at at Macy's are providing space and and location for for us. And the Utah Food Bank here at this location in St. George really are the primary spots that we would love to invite people to bring your donation here, bring it directly to the warehouse, either in St. George or here in, in Salt Lake. And we can process that food immediately and get and start that distribution process. What we hope to be able to do really is be able to have enough food coming into the pantries across the state as well as here that we really can now figure out the inventory, be sure the pantries are adequately staffed over the next two or three months. So when summer arrives and the kids are out of school, these local pantries really can make a great donation to their to the local folks in need, um, regardless of the size of the community they're in.
And you mentioned that, or we talked about Just Serve. For those who are unfamiliar with it, um, Just Serve is a, a location where you can go online and find service projects. You can go on, um, and volunteer for them. You can go online and communicate that there's a need on JustServe.org. And it is in conjunction and partnership with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. But yes, anyone at this point who wants to be one of the volunteers who is going through maybe neighborhoods to go look to see if people are leaving back or boxes of, of donations for Utah Food Bank, get online. Get on to JustServe.org. Volunteer for the Feed Utah Food uh, Drive. If not, if, if you're in an area you're not sure there'll be a lot of volunteers, go to the local Macy's, right? Drop off the food yourself. Drop it off to Food Bank. It seems to me, uh, Jeanette, that as, as uh, residents, there's lots of different ways that we can make this happen. Can you describe, Jeanette, what the ideal food donations are for you, especially um, this time of the year? You know, the thing that's really fun for this kind of a drive is we ask people to go to your own pantry. Anything that you have purchased for your family is absolutely something another family would enjoy. You know, let the kids be part of that. Let the kids pick their... Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless. And I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Favorite items off your pantry shelves or the grocery shelves. Let the kids become part of the fact that they're learning about hunger, that they can take what they have that's their favorite meal, share it with another child somewhere in the state. It's a great learning opportunity. And here at the Food Bank, we always say awareness and education are our two most powerful tools. And there's nothing more important, I think, than teaching your kids the opportunity of paying forward. You know, being able to say, this is what I have, and I'm so blessed to have this in my home, but let me share it with someone else's home. So incorporate those kids into your process. Put together a bag of food and and think about things that are easy to fix. Canned meats, peanut butter, box meals, you know, chili, canned fruits and vegetables that are low in sugar or low in sodium. Those are the types of things that other families would really enjoy. We ask you please not to give us items that are glass. Uh, we have a difficult time transporting those, so so no glass, please. You know, everybody buys seems to buy, you know, spaghetti or marinara sauce in a glass jar. And while that's great for a meal, it's really tough for us to get those passed through. But just remember, if your kid likes it, somebody else as well as well. And it is fun for the kids to be part of making that bag, taking it out, setting it on the porch. Have it by your front door by 9 a.m. on Saturday morning. Folks in your neighborhood area should be coming through. You know, we've worked with religious denominations of all kinds throughout the state. So while the church is providing help for us with volunteers, other religious denominations are involved as well. 
So we really are, are calling this a statewide endeavor to prepare us for the next few months of hunger in Utah. Well, I'm glad you brought that up, too, or clarified that, Jeanette, because there are so many important religious denominations that are involved in uh, humanitarian work on a daily and weekly basis. So, you know, reach out to them, find out how you can be a part of Feed Utah so we can get those volunteers. So the dates in mind is uh, the week of March 13th. That's not too far from now. We're, we might see some door hangers uh, on our doors reminding us that this is happening. That's the week to take your kids with you grocery shopping and look for items that are non-perishable, right? So they don't need to be refrigerated uh, right away. And so grab those items with your kids and then have them on your porch on Saturday, March 18th by 9 a.m. I like to put mine out the night before so that I don't forget um, for pickup. <laughs> and then in the if you find out that, you know, a few hours later, no one has come by to pick it up, Pick it up. Go through your neighborhood. Be the volunteer. Last minute. Pick up the things. Drop it off at the local Macy's or a local food bank. Um, is that okay that I'm mentioning that, Jeanette? Absolutely. And, you know, any pantry or um, Utah Food Bank organization will accept those. We'll have people here all day for that. And if you find that putting that donation out isn't exactly what you can do on that Saturday, we would invite you to visit utahfoodbank.org. You can make a donation online. Those dollars that come to us are entrusted to us, and and we're able to use your dollar and our buying power. And we turn that $1 into $9 worth of goods and services. And so sometimes the money is is almost as beneficial as the food that comes to us. So between those two, we would ask you to think of one of the ways that would be great for you, either with the food, the money, or perhaps even the volunteer opportunity. So glad you brought that up, because we all uh, understand how warehouses and big box stores work. They buy things in bulk, they get deals, and so they can spend less on items <laughs> that, you know, if they were sold individually, would be more expensive. Well, the Utah Food Bank, you have donations, you have the ability to negotiate and buy this, you know, when we say that $1 donated to you gives the Utah Food Bank 9 dollars of buying power, that's because of the special uh, relationship you have with the goods and services industry, correct? Well, it is. And the thing that's great with us is is a lot of the opportunity we have is with, you know, we go straight to the manufacturers of products and a lot of the product that we are able to secure, we don't purchase. It's donated to us. And so those dollars that come to us then help us with operating costs. We keep the trucks on the road. We keep the drivers behind the wheel. And we get the donated product. And the thing that's most important for people to know and understand, there is nothing that we distribute to a pantry or a pantry to an end user that is ever charged for. All of this is free of charge all the way through the system. There's no delivery fee. There's no membership fee. There's no fee for the food. All of that is done through the fundraising and the efforts here at the Utah Food Bank level to be sure that product is being passed through this process free of charge. Let's talk a bit about the website, utahfoodbank.org. What type of information can we find there about hunger and ways that we can be a part of that solution and more sensitive to what our neighbors may be experiencing? You know, the the the. Thing that we try to use our, our web page for is, is a tool back to that educational piece I spoke of earlier. You know, we want people to know the history of the food bank. We've been around since 1904, so we've been at this a long time. If you want to find a way to volunteer, you can give food, give time, or give money. Either of those tabs will tell you information specific to volunteering under the time or donations under the money uh, icon. But if you are in need of help, it's a great tool as well. Um, there's a tab on our webpage that says if you need help, and you can click that, 
And you can see a statewide calendar, and it tells you the locations that are close to you. It tells you dates and times of distributions in your area. It gives you the ability to plan ahead to find a spot that you can get to or if you are in need. And if for some reason you're not able to really access computer information through the webpage, please call 211. By dialing them, it's a toll-free number. Give that person who answers the phone your zip code, and they can direct you to all the services that are available to you in your neighborhood based on your zip code that can help you and your family. And the biggest mistake is not to make that call. Please don't hesitate if you are, are in a situation where you need help. That number 211 is so helpful because not only can you find information about the nearest Utah food bank or the nearest pantry near you, you can also find support services for uh, job counseling, for um, emotional support, uh, whether we're looking for therapy. Uh, there's just all kinds. Think of that as a helpful hub for almost every area of our life at 211. I know United Way of Utah County and other United Ways are um, busy trying to keep that staff so that we can take care of the needs. And I appreciate Jeanette saying, don't stay silent. Let people know that you're in need, uh, whether that's reaching out directly to the Utah Food Bank or by dialing uh, 211. I wanted to ask you about how many people do you think that the Utah Food Bank serves in an average year? You know, it's interesting for us. We we think of meals because, unfortunately, I wish we could give one person one meal and have the problem taken care of, but it can't be rectified that way. Last year, we distributed over 67 million pounds of food, again, free of charge throughout Utah, and that provided about 56.1 million meals. And that's just one portion of Utah Food Bank's programs. We do Kids Cafe, where we provide a dinner meal to kids. Last year, we did over 400,000 of those. We do food boxes to seniors or those who have disabilities. We did over 45,000 boxes last year. We have lots of different services that are under the umbrella of the Utah Food Bank. So it isn't just the food drive that you will be helping by helping with this. There will be a variety of programs that will receive assistance from the Feed Utah Drive. Oh, I'm glad you mentioned those other drives or those other services, because during the holidays, as you uh, we started out our interview a few moments ago, we talked about how there's so much interest during the holidays. We kind of segment our, you know, let's make sure that we get involved and do something good. What about the volunteer needs now when it comes to delivering to seniors and or volunteering in the food pantries? Um, How are we doing in terms of staffing those needs for you? You know, here at the Utah Food Bank, we see a lot of youth groups. We see a lot of corporations bringing work groups and team building opportunities to Utah Food Bank for volunteering. So, you know, we're, we're scheduling. I think right now we're into the month of April as we're scheduling forward. Um, but we always need help with delivery of these food boxes. We ask a person to commit for a six-month window. You will go to one person and we assign an area close to the zip code that you live in. And you will go to that person's home once a month for the next six months and deliver a food box to them on a regular basis. And we figure the six-month time frame gives you a chance to know them and them a chance to get to know you. But you also can become familiar kind of with, with where you're going. You know, are the, are the lights on? You know, are, are, are there issues there that this person is, is experiencing other than food that no one else has seen? Because sometimes that volunteer is the only contact these people have all month long with anyone from the outside. So it becomes a little bit bigger than just dropping off a food box. It kind of becomes a lifeline. So if you have time to do any of those food box deliveries, we would encourage you to call us and we can make arrangements for you to do that. 
And it's really become a family event. A lot of our, our delivery folks take their kids with them or their grandkids, and it becomes an opportunity for kids to, again, have an experience that's a learning opportunity, and, and they carry that forward with them as they grow up. Yeah, I've seen photos of friends delivering uh, the food boxes and the smile on the face of the person carrying it forward. It's like, oh, this is the time of the month where I'm going to do something and feel really good about it. And I and I know that there is a direct return to us um, emotionally, too. We feel better when we're making a difference in our world and in our community. Jeanette Bott, the president of the Utah Food Bank, we talked about ways that we could all become involved in helping to solve the real issue that has been magnified uh, since the pandemic and that's hunger and the lack of where the next meal will be in our neighbors lives the feed utah food drive is coming up on saturday march 18th so get ready to be buying the food that's non-perishable to be leaving it on the doorstep and of course you can get more information about this at utahfoodbank.org jeanette before i let you go any closing remarks you know, I just have to say thank you in advance for those who are, <clears throat> excuse me, willing to help us, but also to those who continue to help us. We couldn't do what we do without our volunteers, without our donors, and to be able to make a difference, <clears throat> excuse me, that we have to make, we can't do it alone. So it's collaboration, it's partnership, it's friendship, and it's understanding. So thank you for the compassion to those of you who are going to join us on that Saturday. We look forward to a very successful day. Thank you, Jeanette. Utah Weekly Forum is produced by KSFI FM 100.3 in Salt Lake City, a Bonneville International Station. Subscribe to the Utah Weekly Forum podcast online and email us at Rebecca at FM100.com. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andreas Martin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.